cliffcentral.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to Belighted with Rami and Romeo on a beautiful, beautiful day. And of course, as you know, I never, I never fly solo because my Romeo is always behind me trying to drag my dress and pull me back. And Every time me, I, wait, I'm still talking. You tell me I was sleeping. And you were sleeping. You uh, are trying to sleep on no, the job. Is that sabotage. is not funny. This is sabotage. So is sabotage. I get to work and my Romza has, has, has parked already. I park right next to him and I can see that this dude is not moving. For a second, I was thinking, what are the possibilities that he could be dead? But then oh, come on. I knew that he wouldn't like drive here and then come and die in the car. It's called a power nap. Well, that power nap was, was really powerful because I kept on saying, Romeo, Romeo. And he couldn't hear me no, until I, I started shaking him. I, I, set, I set up my watch to wake me up at three. Yeah. Because I needed that power nap. But oh. then the show starts at three. How do you like wake up at three? That doesn't no, work. No, but I knew you were going to get me before three o'clock. Oh. And that's exactly what you did. Deny Unbelievable. it. No. Deny well, it. I didn't have a choice. I had to. I had yeah. to. Fine. Okay. Maramza, how are you? Besides I, you try, trying to take oh, a power man. nap on the job. I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm awesome. I'm did feeling you have good. a good week? Yeah, I had a good week. Yeah, actually, I did. Fantastic. And I think because of the, you know, people, a lot of people winding down. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there's no traffic. You know, the office is nice and chilled. And, uh, you know, I, my email shocks me. I don't get, you know, because people are all generally, you know. Unfortunately, where I live, we don't know what that means. There's always traffic in four ways. It doesn't matter. Monday to Sunday, yeah. there's always traffic. Yeah. You'll think I'm going to get there 10 minutes later, that 10, uh, 10 minutes early. Mm. That 10 minutes is basically the grace period to just make it like just on time. But, but I think also from a infrastructure uh, development perspective, I mean, obviously the government needs to start looking at additional, you know, additional exit and entry. Excuse me, entry points into four ways because it's just a 24 hour madness there. Yeah, it is complete 24 hour madness. But anyway, enough about traffic, enough mm. about trying to, to, to talk about getting here on time and enough about your power nap. I hope you're not going to be sleeping throughout this no, show. Like I'm good. Because you've got a jam packed show, something yeah. that is absolutely uh, powerful. We need it. It is going to be, um, a mega blaster of a show. This is how we're going to wind it down. Mm. And in studio with us today. Before we, got, we do that. Before we do that, yes, you can tell everyone how to get hold of us, my Romza. Ah, thank you. That's very important. <laughs> That's very important. Eh? Am I that predictable? Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you do want to interact with the show. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, we are Belighted Show. Uh, Facebook, it's Belighted with Rami and Romeo. WeChat, Cliff Central. And, uh, on Skype, uh, you can actually do callers, uh, if you are feeling brave, uh, on Cliff Central Studio. And, uh, yeah, do get in touch because we love to hear from you. And, uh, you were saying we got a couple, a couple, a question or two. Yes, we do already. But then before we get to the questions, let's yeah. introduce our guest. We have Tracy Einstein in studio. Mm. Tracy, she's the, uh, Feinstein. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Fine. She's looking yeah, fine. She's looking so fine. Get, uh, yeah, I don't know. Feinstein. But then Einstein also because of, yeah, you know, the, the wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom that goes with it. <laughs> Welcome, Tracy. Yeah. Welcome to our show. Welcome to Be Lighted. Uh, we are glad that you could join us and, you know, you just took time out of your busy schedule to just come and grace us with your presence. We are completely and totally honored and we are humbled by your presence here. Um, Tracy is the operations manager for the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. And that's what we are talking about today. If you see, if you saw my, my, uh, my Facebook post or the, uh, our page on Belighted, uh, I, t- I said because, you know, during the Sydney season, the festive season, I think our, 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 um, our feelings, they get extra, extra sensitive. That's when people feel most uh, sensitive, most vulnerable, and they start looking back at the year. You know, when you realize that the year is almost over, what have I achieved? What have I lost? What did I fail in? And all those kind of things, they can actually make one catch feelings. And you find that people are really, really depressed. And there's so many reasons why people get depressed over over the holiday season, because some of them, they don't have family. Some of them, family lives very far you know, some of them, they've, the family had like a bit of conflict. They fought. They're no longer friends. They don't long, they don't love each other anymore. And some of us who have people 
that we are not angry with. We just cannot like, oh, we know Uncle So and So is gonna be there. He's gonna get drunk and he's gonna get start getting rowdy. And other people they don't look forward to that. So I spoke to my Romza last week, and we we're talking about this whole thing how. People get suicidal, you know. There was a, an article of a of a of a mother who fell out of who jumped out of a window with her five year old child. Mm, I think you that know? was a very traumatic experience. That was a very traumatic because, experience. You know, it, it not only does it make the news very quickly, but the people who were at the vicinity at the time they that saw it live, pictures and they saw it live and, as well. And you I see think, how yeah. quickly it hit it hit social yeah, media. Yeah, it was all over social media. Um, and mm. then when we, I remember when we started talking about it, and I was like, you know, we actually need to 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 do a show a show about this so that people can just um, so we can make people aware what happens during a festive season because and I think, someone mm, who is out of mm. touch they just think that ah, people are just being spoiled. But for others, the festive season is like the pinnacle. It is like the most important time of of, of measuring yourself and your achievements and how far you've come and how much you've done. And for someone who's who's hopeless, it can be a very sad, sad situation. But I think also we need to bring the balance between some people are happy, um, you know, uh, and different people going in different directions. People are going home, people are going on holiday. Yeah. But there is that person who's actually... Uh, going through their worst depression right now, you know, yeah. come first December, uh, that person is completely out of their wits and, you know, they have no clue how they're actually going to go through this season. But I think also, you know, having our guest in studio, yeah. it's for us to really break it down and thanks for, for, for that uh, nice uh, summarized version of yes. what today's <laughs> jo- uh, show is all about. Yeah, but then so we're going it's to, really, to, to Tracy. It's, it's really about uh, how do you cope? Uh, with uh, depression over Christmas because depression doesn't necessarily have to be lack of money. It could be being overwhelmed by all the parties and, you know, having to host the family and by the time December ends, you are completely out. So with that said, uh, you know, we would like to then uh, engage more in the conversation uh, to really, uh, you know, break down this and to help people uh, deal better or cope better. Mm. Yes, Tracy. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us on your show. You know, it's um, thanks to the partnership of SADAG and the media, yeah. where we do. We get great support from the media. And our continual strive, our mission, our struggle to educate people around mental illness, in particular depression, mm-hmm. um, is there's a need for it. We've got to educate. We've got to create awareness. We've got to allow people to talk about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we pick up the topic of depression, um, in particular over the holiday season, depression is one, one of the elements or a particular mental illness that you often find is part of the other mental illnesses. So where people have been diagnosed with more chronic illnesses like schizophrenia, like bipolar, mm-hmm. um, even the anxiety disorders, depression is one of those things that ki- Certainly plays a common role amongst all of them. And then we've got the things that trigger the depression. And I think that's what we're here to talk about yes. today. Um, not from a medical point of view. How do we live with it? How do we survive with it? Um, what can we do to help one another during this time? And, you know, the common things that come up for why people seem to battle with depression, why people are diagnosed with depression, are the common things of relationship issues, financial problems, um, non-performance, and I relate that to either academics, school, okay, this is the time of the year where kids should be getting results or have already got results, um, or it's work performance. And when those three elements, like you said earlier, it's it's the end of the year. It's your peak, your pinnacle of where you want to say, okay, I have achieved my goals or I've done really well. Um, this is when we sort of like go, okay, well, not everything has been turned out the way that it should have turned out. And people then become overwhelmed with this feeling of I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And I think what is really important on the ta- for our tap front is let's put on the table what are some of the signs that we should look at when we are engaging with either work colleagues because people are still working yeah. like us um, or friends or family members. So some of the things to be aware of that a person could be experiencing depression. And up front, I want to say it's not always just the person who cries. 
um, that's not it. And in fact, it's probably more that they're not in touch with their feelings and therefore the crying is not happening. I think oh, okay. uh, let's, let's, let's take it from the top, uh, because you, you are already kind of like going through, you know, the nuances of, uh, the various effects of mm. that. Um, you know, Rami just said that, you know, uh, SADC, you know, the depression anxiety support group. Let's talk a little bit about that. Mm. When was it established? And uh, I think what is the mandate, you know, for, for, for SADC so that people know and understand. Mm. And then from there, we can kind of like, you know, break, break it, down. it down. properly. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, SADAG stands for South African Depression Anxiety Group. It is an NGO based in the Johannesburg Santon area. And um, it was started nearly 23 years ago by our founder, Zane Wilson. And she herself suffered with um, anxiety and panic attacks. Um, in those days, the diagnosis was not that easy. Um, the organization has grown to what it has grown to today, um, whereby we run a call center, which runs seven days a week, 24 hours, 365 days of the year. So we will be open on Christmas Day and New Year. Um, and the call center is manned by volunteers. Um, a lot of them are lay counselors. And um, we are then able to assist the callers who phone in. Now, people can phone in to us. What is that number in case someone is depressed right now as we speak? Right. It's they can 0800. There you go. 567 567. And, and obviously, people can call from 8 to 8, uh, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Correct. They can. Mm. We do also have a 24 hour line. Um, so even after eight o'clock, we do have counselors on duty to take calls through the night. Um, so they, they, and if they phone that number, they are diverted to, to the next okay. contact number. Okay. Before I hand you over to Rami, because I know she always have this uh, <laughs> awesome questions. Um, part of doing business, you always have, uh, you know, like your, Peak statistics in terms of the biggest calls that you receive. Mm. So, you know, if I hope, hopefully I'm not putting you on, on the spot, <laughs> but what is the main, the biggest reasons uh, that you find that people are calling? Okay. SADA can take up to, up to 400 calls a day. Okay. Um, and through that shift from eight in the morning to eight at night, um, that's a, a significant amount of calls. It is, it is, yeah. Um, we are an educate, an organization focusing on mental health. So the calls are normally pertaining to depression, anxiety, um, bipolar. Um, any of the anxiety disorders, any of the mood or personality disorders, um, also to suicide. Um, so it's all around mental illness and the calls range through a vast spectrum because part of our um, advocacy and our responsibility in through educating and create awareness is to, to actually break down the stigma um, pertaining to mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a big thing. Um, and it, and it is a challenge. There's three of us that are sitting here in this room today. And, um, for argument's sake, we could all three be diagnosed with depression, mm-hmm. but the reason for our depression will be different. And as unique individuals, our behavior could well be different. So, for example, um, myself, I might cry a lot. I look at you, Rami, and I go, oh, my gosh, well, you are just quiet and you don't have a smile um, and you just withdraw. And then you say, yes, well, I'm suffering from depression. And then I go, but me, I'm Tracy and I'm ha- I'm also suffering with depression and I cry. So how can you? Yeah. And straight away, this whole type of um, difference in behavior plays out and it contributes to the stigma. Mm-hmm. And this is why also people are scared. They don't know how to, how do I approach a doctor? You know, if we're all coughing, you know, I'm coming down with the flu, I'm getting bronchitis. I go to the doctor and then it doesn't matter where you are, they probably all prescribe the same medications. So this is the challenge that we face. So the more that we can educate, the more that we can create um, the awareness and talk about depression as a real illness. Um, nowadays, um, the statistics in South Africa are that one in three will be or is suffering from a mental illness. 
Mm. Yeah, like one way or the other. So in this room, one of us is. So it has to be Romeo. It has to be Romeo. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. So Tracy, I, oh no, please, please. You know what I, I wanted insist. to ask you. Um, in terms of in terms of depression, uh, because most of it is is behavior, like you were saying, mm. someone might be crying and someone mm. is more withdrawn, mm. and other people are just like more kept to themselves, and they're just different ways and dif- different behaviors. Now, when I'm in my house with the people that I live in, what is it that I look I look for? Because you know sometimes ah today she's just so sad. Mm. Like how do you separate sadness from depression? Mm. Um, lashing out or throwing a tantrum? That someone will say, ah, she's just like that. She always mm. likes, likes throwing tantrums. Mm. And mm. you actually think, but what we don't know is that it might not be a tantrum. It might be something, a way of, of, mm. of crying expressing out for yourself. And ex- uh, yeah, and expressing mm. yourself. Mm. So, so uh, someone who's probably listening, wondering, but then how do we know? How, 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 how can we tell? Is there a certain, mm. What is it? What what shows? What, okay. Yeah, what? So it is a good question, and it's good for people to understand. So depression is 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 a lot more, and over a longer period of time than just uh, the Monday blues. Yeah. Or. I'm having a bad day. I'm tired and I, I just don't like the look of the world because we all have those days. That is real. Um, the diagnosis for uh, depression is a clinical diagnosis. Okay. So by that, I mean, you, you can't just go and have a blood test yeah, and think, okay, true. well, it's going to happen. Um, and so this significant feeling and the best way for me to describe it is, is feelings of hopelessness, of feelings of helpless, feelings of so dark, um, that it's, that you really down. Okay. And this plays out over a period of two weeks or longer. Mm. Okay. Mm. okay. So it's more than just like we say, Blue Monday or a couple of days, or I'm having a bad day in the office and I don't like the people there, but I go there. People suffering from depression who have been diagnosed with depression and are really waiting for their medication to kick in and therapy to start working, they actually battle to open the curtains. By 11, 12 o'clock, they're still in their pajamas, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, They're not able to get up and brush their teeth and get dressed. Um, And for people who have not experienced that level of depression, um, I think that is where we start to say, well, I'm having a bad time. Okay. And so maybe I am depressed. Um, on that, I'd also like to say, you know, we, we do have situations which affect us in life. Um, for example, the loss of a loved one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the stages of grieving are very normal. So it, it is normal to feel sad for a period of time. Okay. Um, after that is played out over perhaps months and months and years to the stage that it has affected your ability to run a day-to-day routine of normality, then you could be suffering with clinical me- or even depression. And what about someone who, d- who doesn't sleep? Like, uh, okay, I know people like those, they would rather sleep the whole day mm. uh, and not wake up like you say. Mm. And then when everyone else goes to sleep, that's when they actually wake up. Mm. Mm. Is that like... I know sometimes you think it's insomnia, but mm. doesn't that, to a certain extent, brush towards being depressed as well? Very much. I Very think, much. Yeah. And the two go hand in hand in that, you know, <laughs> the sun and the moon and the day and the night are there for a particular reason. And um, we do need to have uh, a certain amount of Quality sleep. I think they they mention you know going into that REM state when you yes, where you yeah, really do go into that deep sleep state. Now, if you are not experiencing that because of um, stress or the trauma that you've experienced or unhappiness or financial restraints, whatever it might be, um, yes, it it starts affecting your whole body, which. Our body and our head are not separated. They're joined together. And therefore, yes, it does move over to affect depression. So when we talk about, again, the, some of the signs of depression is the changes in sleeping patterns mm. um, and the changes in eating patterns. And again, some sleep too much and some sleep too little. Yeah. But yes, um, that quality rest certainly has a huge effect um, on depression. Uh, and also... 
because uh, generally, for example, December is a quite uh, a very, very too many activities going on. People, you know, excited mm. with the assumption that everybody's happy. You know, families tend to come together in one house mm. and stay together. What are those uh, signs that you know, as a family, you need to, you need, even though you're having fun, but be on the lookout to mm. make sure that you pick up those things. That's what I'm saying. The mm. assumption, general assumption, is that everybody's happy. We're happy to see each other, mm. but someone might be going through depression. And we, we, we kind of like want to empower, mm. you know, families or uh, people to be able to look out for those signs. Very much. Mm. You know, this time of the year, getting together with family is also not always a happy one. Um, but to to be aware of, of a couple of the signs is the typical one of the person withdrawing. So not wanting to take part in the conversation, not wanting to take part in the group, maybe f- um, games that are being played on Christmas Day or this, you know, this time of the year. Um, very especially, I would like to highlight the things of perhaps youngsters and children. In fact, that's what I was going, yeah. Okay. Um, I am a mother of, of young adolescents and I've lived through the teenage years. So when my boys go to their room and they close the door and they switch on the music, you tend to think, oh, you know what? They're just normal teenagers. Mm. They like to be by themselves. They want to have their music blaring. And parents tend to pass in the passage and say, how was your day? Are you okay? And everyone just goes, yes, mm-hmm. or they stick thumbs up. But have you actually made that time to connect? Um, and I think, uh, It's a case of parents um, and extended family members um, saying, let's involve everybody. And it's okay to put in sort of rules or boundaries. So on whatever, I mean, Friday, we've got a public holiday coming up, which is very often like a friendly family day, perhaps, you know, um, maybe the family's going out for a picnic. Say to everyone, we are all going. And if somebody says to you of the family says, no, no, I'd rather stay at home by myself. I'm happy in my bedroom. I'm going to mm. watch TV. Don't just say, well, suit no, yourself. you have to come. Oh, okay. okay. Or suit yourself. All right. Use that as an opportunity to say, hmm, we'd really like to have you. What really is going on? Why don't you want to come and join us? Okay. And I think this is so often the, the most simple and basic message, um, pertaining to understanding depression is don't leave that person isolated. Reach out, extend a hand, say to the the person that you, you're concerned about because we do, we all pick up these six senses, all these behavior changes. So take time, slow down, reach out and say, you know what, even if you don't want to speak to me, whether it's the mother or the father or a friend or a granny, how about here's a phone number, here's Sadag's number. Phone and speak to a counselor because I'm concerned about you. Um, I think it's very, especially what we're talking about today, people might go, oh, I know somebody like that. I'm going to go and tell them they're depressed. They better go and see somebody. (laughs) That also doesn't help the matter. That doesn't help at all. You know, so do it in a caring way. Yeah. But I assure the person that that you're going to be with them. You're going to travel the road with them. You're going to help them if they've got to go for treatment. And one of, you know, Sadag's philosophy is in terms of the counseling that we give her, give is that we will refer. So if the referral is that the person needs to go and get medication, maybe even go to hospital, then let that family member, friend, business colleague, whatever, go with them. Care, care for them because it's, it's quite daunting. You know, we, we easy to accept. Okay. I've got a cut. I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to get stitched up. And we think life's peachy after that. But depression is much more difficult. Do kids get depressed? And at what age do you notice that a child is depressed? Mm. Um, <laughs> I think there's a, there's a lot of investing, you know, um, research getting done out there. Um, the youngest child in South Africa who committed suicide was at the age of seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so without a doubt, that child should was experiencing depression and anxiety and a deep sense of hopelessness at some stage for him to go ahead and commit suicide at that young age. I think parents, um, we underestimate 
the extreme amount of pressure that children are under. Mm. And as parents, we're also under a lot of pressure and there's just not enough time. So I think the word is very much early diagnosis can save. It can help. Um, again, unique to each, every person. And there's a genetic trend or there's a genetic strength in why doesn't everybody get depressed? Or why does one person get more depressed and land up suffering clinical depression more than maybe somebody else? Um, and when you are going through a diagnosis, the psychiatrist will look at your family tree. And um, this certainly does show a, a genetic ten, uh, tendency for more being more prone to the mental illness. If you just joined us, we are speaking to Tracy Feinstein from the South African Depression and anxiety group, support group. Um, she's the, she's the operations manager there and we're talking about depression and anxiety. And right now we're just talking about, uh, children who are, who are depressed. But now, Trace, I want to take you back, sticking with the, with the children because it's not only just about being depressed, but also about the anxiety. There are a whole lot of, um, factors that contribute to children being, being, being anxious and being, having panic attacks because, um, because of different Elements. For instance, if if children are a child has been involved in a car accident, for instance, mm. um, you know, and they haven't had any form of counselling or any form of support. So obviously, getting into a car and every time a car goes at a certain speed, they start getting frantic. Mm. And others, they don't even want to get inside a car, mm. you know. And others, it could be being within large crowds. I remember when I was young. I think when I was about five, six years old. No, when I was four, I got stolen as a child. I don't know. Oh my well, gosh! Yeah, it's just like, like you're still, still here. Yeah, but I'm this still here. You're back. <laughs> you know, but I'm back. And I also and and but now the one the the next one that I wanted to tell is that I once got lost. We went to to and to visit my my aunt and my uncle, uh, a couple of like in another towns around around Rustenburg. But what happened was that because I was new in town, I was walking with my uncle. And for that a f- few seconds, he let my my hand go because he was speaking to one of his friends. And in that, I don't know what happened, but at the end of the day, I turned around. He wasn't there or I wasn't there. Mm. And I was running around like crazy. Mm. And up to this day, I don't do big crowds. It's okay because I'm a performer. I, mm. It's okay when people are watching me perform. Mm. But I wouldn't necessarily go and get mingly in mm. that in that whole situation. Mm. Mm. But because you know, I would kind of get a bit mm. of an anxiety attack. But now with kids, how do you help? Okay, now I'm I'm too old to go like go back. I say, how do you help me? I want to go back. <laughs> Maybe. But then with children, how do we help children deal with things like that? I mean, now we've got robberies, we've got hijacks, we've got. A whole lot of things that are happening mm. are in and around our surroundings, you know. Mm. Mm. Sometimes people, like people can go and they can go rob a school. Mm. You know, how do you teach mm. young kids or someone if, if, or maybe if a classmate collapses mm. at school and they die. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. I've actually had that experience as well mm. in boarding school when I was 10 at that time. How do we help kids deal with that kind of depression? Because there's a misconception and I believe that this depression is only for Older people mm. who are dealing with financial mm. strain and mm. work issues. Mm. Now, with the mm. kids, how do we help yeah. them? Well, I think this is also, you know, I just put it on the table right now, is that the mental illness affects all and everybody. Yeah. Um, young, old, fat, thin, rich, poor, um, pink, white, yellow, it affects all and everybody. Um, and like I said to you, at, at some stage in your life or in or in as in now, one in three are being affected by mental illness. For children in particular, and I think it's it's a wonderful subject for for you to pursue, perhaps in, even in the new year with some subject matter experts on it, yeah. um, and how to co- help children with the coping feelings. But when you the, you know the examples that you've expressed, um, it is very normal, and our bodies are built with the fight or flight syndrome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for you to feel suddenly like Scared when you lost your uncle's hand and you, you do, you go screaming and you run around and you're screaming, screaming. But 
that's how we're designed. So you, it attracts attention and somebody comes and saves you. And thank goodness. Yeah, However many years you yes. still here. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing with me is that they, I didn't know anyone and mm. they didn't know who, whose I was. But you get attention. Yeah. 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 So now, so anxiety is that, that, that heightened feeling of fear. Okay. And again, it affects different people. Some have better coping mechanisms, either because of their upbringing or what they've learned or, or just their, their personal makeup. Um, so what happens is that that anxiety feeling, unless it is able to be contained, and when you're in a traumatic uh, situation like being lost, a hijacking, um, a robbery, all right, um, at this busy time of the year, again, children getting lost in the shopping malls. So oh. when there's hundreds of people, okay, that heightened feeling anxiety um, often manifests your body then plays out as having a panic attack. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And that is where you think, oh, I'm going to die, but you will not. Okay. Um, it's important for immediately for family members or friends, loved ones to contain the situation, talk, give a lot of care and support and if there is a need, again, phone a place, SADAG, speak to a counselor. We can refer immediately for trauma counseling. Um, we ref- can refer to psychologists who are used to dealing with children in this kind of unique situation. I've got, I've got uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, I've got mm. two questions. So in terms of language, um, so how many language does SADAG support? Um, you know, uh, so, so that, you know, people who can't speak, you know, other languages mm. are able to express themselves in their own language. Mm. And secondly, is there a way for a parent to know, uh, to be proactive about, you know, testing a child for depression? Uh, mm. you know, so that you, you know, you kind of like are proactive other than just having to deal with the consequences. Mm. Let me answer the, the easy factual question first. Um, I think that, um, yeah, SADAG is a call center. We are, are able to assist, assist all callers in their own choice of vernacular languages. Um, it may not be immediate, but within the space of, uh, of four hours with a shift changeover, we are, are able to assist people. Um, because we do recognize it's vitally important, especially when you're ex- expressing your feelings and your emotions, mm-hmm. to be able to talk in your own home language. So, yes, we do support all of the languages. Um, talking about um, early diagnosis of depression with children, I, w- I would like to say, yes, speak to an expert. Um, but again, because you're talking about feelings and emotions, um, and it's not a, um, a medical test, like I said earlier, um, depression is a clinical diagnosis. Mm. So if there haven't been any experiences, um, to, to trigger or to bring on the onset of depression, um, you're not going to get it. Okay. Um, and you can't take a blood test to be able to say, okay, you, you are prone to that. Um, so again, part of the, the education, the, also even the stigma is be aware, you know, what happened to my grandfather or my great grandfather. Now that person may have been diagnosed with, for example, bipolar. It doesn't mean that the child or the grandchildren will specifically get bipolar, mm-hmm. but it could mean that they are, have a, a greater disposition to depression or anxiety, okay. you know, that type of thing. And just uh, the last follow-up question from me, do you also provide workshops uh, to teach people about the various aspects of dealing with, uh, you know, depression and uh, anxiety? So, you know, like a a national, you know, uh, uh, workshops and seminars that you offer? Okay. So one of the things that we we get um, involved with a lot is um, corporate wellness days um, where we are able to assist employee well, wellness programs. Um, and then our other very big footprint where we're able to support people is through our support groups across the country. As much as we're based in Johannesburg, we have a network of nearly 200 support groups uh-huh. countrywide and we cover every province. And especially with things like depression and anxiety. Once the person has been diagnosed, once the person is having their therapy, having medication, that is 
is probably one of the strongest, the best, and the most helpful tools of moving forward and living with your illness. Um, is sitting around a table once a week, once every two weeks with like-minded individuals who are suffering the same thing that you are. Because that is when you really, when you look at somebody across the table and you look into their eyes and you can say, I understand because I've been there, mm. but this is what I did to help myself. And then this other person goes, okay, I think I can do that as well. And that is how we really make a difference one by one on the ground is, is through our network of support groups. Wow. Um, we're talking to Tracy Feinstein from SADEC, South African uh, Depression and Anxiety Support Group. I want to ask you about your volunteers. Who can volunteer? I know you say you do have like um, the counselors there, but mm. then your volunteers, how how far and wide? Mm. And mm. what kind of volunteers do you have? And do you have people who just walk in and say, okay, I'm so-and-so, my name is Rami, and today I would like <laughs> to spend the day with you mm. um, and see, you know, and kind of help around mm. because maybe I, I'm, I, I'm a good listener. I mm. can bring some perspective. Mm. Yeah, tell us about yeah. the, the, the volunteers that that work. Yeah, thank, thank you for that question because the volunteers are very much the success of the organization. And yeah. for 23 years, this is what how we've been rolling. So first of all, I want to put out there, um, you know, in all the provinces, anyone who is running a support group for us is a volunteer. Yeah. And all of our support groups are free. So for all and anyone. Okay. Yeah. Um, in terms of the volunteers who, um, who are able to access our premises in the Johannesburg Santon area, um, they can go on our website and they can download the volunteer application. Now, we, we take volunteers from all spectrums. We often take um, students who are studying psychology or studying counseling, and therefore they need to get a little bit of practical experience. So um, to clock up hours is is great. And it puts into context this what, what they are learning in the textbook mm-hmm. now becomes a real-life situation when they are doing telephonic counseling. We also have individuals who have suffered and how can I say, even succeeded on controlling and containing their depression, their anxiety, their bipolar, and feel they now wish to give back to the community. Mm. Um, and they come forward and they volunteer. Yeah. We then get individuals, um, mature women, uh, mature men, who just feel that, you know what, I want to give back to the community. And I have valuable life experience and I want to be able to help others. Um we do an intensive training program because obviously, you know, exactly like we've been speaking here today, we, yeah. we're dealing with life-changing calls um, and often life-threatening calls. Um, so not just anybody can walk off the street, pick up a phone and say, hi. Um, and in terms of the way we do our referral process, there's a lot of training as to how do we refer? Where do we refer? What do we refer? How do we support the people? Um, and our retraining is quite rigorous. It's done by our board members who are psychologists and psychiatrists. We then do um, extensive 40 hours plus of listening in at the call center. And then they become emergency counselors. And with time, as positions open up, um, people then choose to become a permanent counselor and a counselor is responsible to take on the running a four-hour shift and people do it for different reasons Mm -hmm. but I think the most common one is that people genuinely care and genuinely want to help and it's it's a great upliftment for our community um, and again, I mean, I, I almost get tears in my eyes when I say, <laughs> yeah, I <just laughs> you know, that for an organization like ours to have been going mm. for so long yeah. with so many volunteers moving through our doors, coming and going, um, giving four hours once a week, um, helping people because a lot of the time, whether it what that person needs when they are phoning a stranger at on a toll-free line, 
Yeah. Most people just need somebody to listen them, to them, to yeah. actually say, okay, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I care about you and I can refer you or I can give you some ideas. We then pass the ownership back to that, to that caller to say, okay, this, you've got to now take it to the next level. Yeah. Um, and I think that is the value. Um, it's, it's very heartwarming. To, to know that there are so many people who genuinely want to help. And in terms of your branches, uh, how far and wide uh, are your offices? So we have one office here in Santon area, hmm. um, a um, office which we have at the moment on our with, with us, okay, probably in excess of about 120 volunteers, very, very small office administration, um, one or two press girls, one or two office administrators, and the rest of the office is run by and supported by our volunteers. But are there any plans to go nationwide? We go nationwide in that we are able to provide the telephonic counseling, even if you are sitting in a village somewhere in the Eastern Cape, but you've got access to a cell phone. Um, And that is our footprint, Um, as is the fact that we are able to, we continue to grow with our support groups, um, you know, very much. And, And then, of course, we have our valued assistance, which comes from the psychologists and the psychiatrists to support the organization. Um, you know, for all of us sitting around the table here, if you had to experience depression or anxiety, you know you probably need to go and see somebody for therapy. Mm-hmm. But where do you start? Who specializes in what? That is a simple question you can phone SADAC for. You know, um, you don't even have to tell us the story. You could just say, um, I'm battling with trauma or post-traumatic stress because I've been through a hijacking. I think I need to speak to a, to a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Who's the best person? And we can quickly mm-hmm. tell you what area are you in and who's the specialist. Okay, going back to what Romeo said earlier at the beginning of the show, that um, what were the some uh, what was uh, some of the steps that uh, USAID were taking in terms of helping prevent. Instead of um, rather than than reacting, because I was thinking, I know a lot of organisations they do like road shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I saw the press release, you know, because mm-hmm. now it's 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 Christmas. The press releases that you uh, that that went out so that people can read and say, okay, this is what is happening over the period. And then obviously with that, there's a certain impact that happens. Mm-hmm. People read that and they actually get to understand mm-hmm. because it wasn't just about it's that time of the year, but you also had step by step. Ways mm. and procedures to follow if you're feeling down and all of that. Mm. But have you have you have you had any like roadshows, for instance, uh, outreach programs besides the besides the actual calling in of someone saying I need help? And um, how did that go about? Mm. And if there is any way that you wanted to expand, mm. what is it that you'll be looking for to help you as an organization to expand that throughout? Because now you're saying when someone has an access to a cell phone, for instance, there's some there's someone who doesn't have mm. access to a cell phone mm. in the back in the rural areas, like. Extreme. Mm. There are some people who are dealing with this, and someone is looking at this problem and say, "My child, who is actually depressed, has a demon of some sort. They need, they need water. They need or mm. anointing oil mm. and all of those things." But because this kind of information doesn't reach them, mm. so is there something that you're looking into? And if so, what is it that you would require, and what is it that you, as an organization, would need as support? To see that come to pass mm. Well um, We do We do community outreach Constantly um, We And these are the proactive steps Not only yeah. to create the awareness But to also um, Support and prepare for um, Sort of high risk times Or, mm-hmm. or seasonal changes You know that happen mm. um, So we do that So outreach programs Is always on the on the go All the time um, we also, um, February month, for example, is a worldwide teen suicide mm-hmm. prevention month. Yeah. So we start pre- planning already now things like school talks so that we go out and we talk to the children. Let's talk about suicide. It's a reality. You yeah. know, let's say the word, but how can you be prepared and what can you do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mentioned the fact that we do um, corporate wellness days. Okay, that is from a corporate point of view. Um, we get involved with communities. We often get um, church communities. So it's n- we are not um, affiliated to any religious um, yeah. sect, but – um, it's a community yeah. where people have come together and in what, for whatever shape, form or size, there's a need for them to learn or understand. Um, we also do, um, workshops and training with the traditional healers. Mm. Um, one of our board members, um, who's a psychiatrist, he does that. So there's, there's constant ongoing. What holds us back? Um, nothing holds us back because we will do it. If mm-hmm. there's a need, if there's a request, we will do it. But our, as an NGO, there's always a need for funding. Yeah. And I think that's the, one of the challenges of, of running an NGO. Um, we've recently, um, via our newsletter and our, our website page, we have just um, launched a donate button where people can go on the website, click on the donate button, and it's, it really is. It's the press of, press of a button. Yeah. Um, and they can choose the amount. Um, and whether it be that a person choose to donate 10 rand, and amazingly, you know, the, these happen. In fact, even yesterday morning, a caller phoned in and said, I actually just wanted to phone you. I can't remember the name of the counselor who helped me, but I wanted to say thank you. Mm. Um, we've had people who have donated financially in their personal capacity, mm. 10 rand, 50 rand. And all of this adds to the fact that we are then able to give back to the community. Um, so yeah, funding never ending. We'll yeah. never say no. So thank <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that is always needed. Yeah. And have you had any extreme cases where someone needed counseling and after a couple of sessions, you realize that? They actually need more than that. Like it's someone who prob- probably needs to be at a, a psychiatrist at a hospital for six weeks, for two months, like someone to be transferred to Tara. Or mm. have you had cases like that where you needed someone to actually come in or to be admitted? I mean, I know you said that you always live uh, through the ball back into the yeah. courts, but yeah. Okay, so so one of the things is that we only offer telephonic counselling. Yeah. So our counsellors are very well trained in the process of um, how to get a diagnosis, how to get into hospital. Again, yeah. I go back and use the example. If you, <clears throat> excuse me, were to um, fall and break your leg, you know you've got to go to casualty, yeah. and you know you're going to get X-rays, and you. You might land up in a hospital or you might have to go home with your leg in a crutch. But what do you do if you go to casualty and you say, well, I'm not feeling good in the head and I feel like ending my life. Okay. So we talk to the caller what to do, how to navigate the hospital, the mm-hmm. clinic system. Um, and we've got two extreme ends of the stick. We have yeah. people who are, who have access to private funding and medical aid. Yeah. And we have people who do not have access to it. Yeah. But if you do not have access to funds, it doesn't mean that you cannot get into hospital to diagnose your mental illness. And for that matter, you will land up if your diagnosis is done and there's a need for medication, you can get your medication for free from the hospital. Mm. So, we navigate, we talk the people, we, we tell them how to use the system. Yeah. So in terms of the call, um, we do all and everything we can to ask the right questions, to provide a solution-driven package unique to that particular individual. Um, and then if there's a need for them to phone us back and say, this didn't work or this I need extra help with or whatever. We're there to follow it up. Um, we are there to make sure that at the end of the day, they feel that they are getting well. That's the biggest thing is they need to feel, you know what? I'm a little bit better. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I've got access to medication. I've got access to therapy. I think, I think also, uh, you know, listening to what you've been saying today, uh, we kind of like are saying to the listener that uh, it, it's not it's not a shame or embarrassing to admit when you are going through depression, and there's sufficient help 
for you to reach out and you know uh, get help as it as as, as it is. And um, I think one thing that really stands out is, I mean, I'm listening to you. Is like <laughs> I feel like I can trust you <laughs> if I'm going through depression, mm. and um, and I mean I can feel the passion mm. that you have, you know, mm. in assisting and making a difference in people's lives. Mm. So essentially, I think for me, uh, as we are now in December, mm. uh, what are those, uh, you know, nuggets that you can give to people? I mean, obviously, we, mm. we kind of like have touched on an, a number touched of them. It's lot. December, mm. you know, overspending, overworking. I think uh, that does where your yeah. opening statement, mm. relationship yeah. and so forth. Mm. What would be your, your, you know, your good advice to people as, you mm. know, we are so full in December. Yes. I think the one thing we haven't touched on and 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 I'm I'm really just going to mention it as a nugget without opening a whole another long conversation is be very aware of perhaps um turning to substance at this time of the year. It is a time of festivities. Okay. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? But yeah. um to 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 coin the phrase, you know, honestly yeah, and truly don't go and drown your sorrows. Um, if you are feeling that this unhappiness, this sadness that is deep with inside you, rather talk to someone. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to talk to a friend, phone Sadak. There is a friend on the other side of the line. Yeah. But don't mask the problem or, or bury the problem in alcohol, um, drugs, cigarettes, any for any of the substances. Because yeah. all that happens is that it is going to turn on and affect you at some stage. Mm, and yeah. then the poor doctors are sitting in a position with what do they do first? Do they t- treat the addiction or do they treat the depression? Mm-hmm. What came first? The, the, the egg or the chicken? The chicken or the egg? You know, yeah, this is where yeah, they're at. Yeah. And it's... That is probably the one thing that I can really highlight. Mm. Um, rather talk to somebody. And just say, you know what, I'm, I'm unhappy, I need help. And a friend will put up their hand and say, you know what, I know the place to phone. Phone Sadak. Yeah. Um, don't, I'm not saying don't drink, but make sure you don't um, mask yeah. that and just bury yeah, it's the one, feelings. It's one thing to celebrate and it's another to drown your sorrows. Exactly. Yeah, I get mm. that. And, um, and obviously overspending, like Romeo said. Yes, and uh, I like the fact that you'll be open on Christmas Day. We will be open on Christmas. What is that Day? number again? Because I know someone is going to need it. Okay, now to get hold of to get hold of Sadek, you can get them on zero eight double zero five six seven five six seven zero eight hundred five six seven five six seven, and you can also check their website. They're on www.sadek.org, and you can also get uh, send them an SMS, which. Uh, you get, when they send an SMS, you call them back, right? Yes. And that SMS number is 31393. That SMS number again is 31393. You know, Tracy, we can sit here and talk the whole day. We There's can. so many I subjects know. that we need mm-hmm. to touch on, mm-hmm. but unfortunately we are out of time. Mm-hmm. And also, by the way, uh, if you're listening and you'd like to donate, uh, towards the organization, simply go to the website. There'll be a donate button. Press on that button as many times as you can and see how much money you can help the organization so that we can continue doing the great work of helping and, um, and Thank alleviating you. this whole depression mm. thing because it's not just a stigma, it's a reality that we are dealing with and it gets it gets worse and worse by the minute. Mm. But thank you so much for joining us. Mm. And we thank hope you. that in the new year you'll come back and we'll talk about other things. Also, we'll get some of your counselors to come mm. and tell us of their success stories and, and their and experiences. People must also go and uh, volunteer as well. Exactly. Um, volunteer yeah. in the new year. I start new training all over again. Um, so we welcome so many different people and we are really, truly grateful to the media, to you guys. I mean, to, to give us all this time on the show. And I think we've had fun talking about a very personal subject. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And for all the good work that you're doing, we thank, thank you, you so thank much you. to you and the organization. And yeah. you guys are truly, truly light. And that's it from us from Belighted. Thank you, Maromza. All right. It's all good. Bye. Yes. And happy Christmas. Thank you. And a happy <laughs> Christmas to Absolutely. all your listeners. Yes. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you so much. Bye.